Hello and welcome to the book report presented by theworldoffootball.com. My name is Adam Snow and I'm here with my father, Randy Snow. How you doing? Great. Good to be here, son. Good. I'm happy to be here too because we're going to be talking about another book uh, called Thunder on the Tundra, Football Above the Arctic Circle by Lou Friedman. So you had done a book report or you had done a review of this yes. a few years ago? Yes. The book came out in 2008 and I read it when it first came out and uh, and I just thought it was a, an appropriate uh, book to talk about again because even though it's almost 10 years old, it's still a good book and it's got a lot of... Uh, good stories in there about the importance of just being able to play football no matter where you are. Right on. Well, tell me what exactly does the book talk about other than what the t- title kind of self-exclaims is uh, Football Above the Arctic Circle. Well, we mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, different football stadiums, and mm-hmm. we mentioned how in Barrow, Alaska, they have a football field that's right on the ocean, and that's where this book takes place, is up in Barrow, Alaska. Again, like I said, the book was published in 2008 by Lou Friedman, and it follows the 2007 high school football season of the Barrow Whalers. Now, Barrow, Alaska is a small town at the top of Alaska, as far as you can get up before you before you run out of land and all you have is ocean. Yep, it's, it's, I finally saw it on a map. I finally found it on a map mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, actually, which I think is funny that we're talking about this now. I was Because uh, a friend of mine... His wife has got a, a big Alaska map oh, really? on their wall, and I was just happening to look at it, and I was like, "Where is Barrel, Alaska?" And yeah, it is pretty much as far north as north can get in that state, right on the ocean. Yeah, it's known as the northernmost town in the United States. Uh, the town of about uh, forty-eight hundred people, maybe five thousand now nowadays, but it is located three hundred miles above the Arctic Circle. And uh, it's 800 miles from Anchorage, uh, which is, most people know Anchorage, but it's it's 800 miles north of that. There are no roads connecting Barrow to the outside world, so the only way to get there is either by plane or by ship. In fact, Barrow did not even have a high school football team, or they didn't have a high school until 1984. Wow. Once you got up to high school age, you had to either go to another part of the state or to another state to attend high school. Like most small towns in an isolated area... Uh, Barrow was suffering from uh, drug and alcohol abuse from their young people, and the community needed something to get these kids off the streets and have them have them do something, get something to do. Now they'd had a basketball team for a long time, and, and basketball is big in Alaska, as you, as you can probably figure. But when the students were asked what sport did they want to add to the school curriculum, football was the hands down winner. So. They fielded their first team in 2006. Uh, Now, the high school football season in Alaska runs from August through October because from November through April, that part of Alaska anyway, is in total darkness 24 hours a day. The the closest high school to Barrow is 400 miles away in Fairbanks. So most of their home games are uh, in the first part of the season, and then they'll, they'll travel down south as it gets a little colder. The first ever football game occurred on August 17th, 2006. Uh, they beat Delta Junction by a score of 34 to nothing. Oh, I'm sorry, they lost by a score of 34 to nothing. Uh, at that time, the field that they were playing on was simply a, a rock field. There's no grass out there. It is a tundra, so there's no grass, there's no trees. So they were playing on a rock field, and in order to mark the field, they had to use flour, baking flour, 
because they didn't have chalk to mark out the football field. They couldn't simply just have that sort of stuff uh, shipped up there? Well, uh, not in time for their first game, I guess. That just sounds like bad planning. Man. <laughs> um, but not only did they have uh, fans of the game, but they also had security on hand. The reason they had security was because they had to keep an eye out for polar bears because they are right next to the ocean. And there are times when polar bears will, will come into town and just kind of wander around and look for something to eat. So, yeah, they had to be careful for, uh, on the lookout for polar bears at the same time. This just sounds completely ridiculous. <laughs> I hope you know that. Well, this is what it takes to play football in Barrow, Alaska. I mean, I guess it's got to be true. I'm holding the book in my hands, and the book is as real as, as it can be. Yeah. Now, Barrow only plays a, a six-game, or they only played a six-game schedule back in 2006 as opposed to a, an eight-game schedule. And they did manage to win one game that year. They... They won uh, over the Sitka Wolves, uh, 28-22. To celebrate their victory, the entire team, uh, including their head coach, celebrated by jumping into the Arctic Ocean with all their clothes on and uniforms. And that's the tradition that they've maintained ever since. Whenever they win, the whole team runs and takes a quick dip in the ocean. For me, that would be an incentive to lose. I don't (laughs) think I'd want to be jumping in the ocean, regardless if I had clothes on or not up there. There are hardy people up there, let me tell you. Clearly, I mean, hats off to them. Yep. So after the 2006 season, uh, they uh, they joined a conference. Uh, the first season was a, as an independent team, but then they joined the Great Land Conference in 2007. ESPN actually did a story about the fledgling football team up there, and uh, a lady down in Jacksonville, Florida, by the name of Kathy Parker, happened to see that story on uh, ESPN about the team, and uh, she was deeply moved by the community trying to do something for their young people, and it really bothered her that they had to play on a rock field. So she took it upon herself to raise $800,000 to buy them a an artificial playing field and to have it shipped up to Barrow, Alaska. Now, her husband was an assistant high school football coach, and she had two sons that played football. So she knew the importance of the game. She knew what it meant to, to the young people, and she just felt that she had to do this. And she did. Right now, the field is named uh, Kathy Parker Field in her honor, and she went up there for the very first game that they played on that field. Instead of the regular green field with white stripes, uh, she had it made in the school colors, which is a blue field with gold lines and gold end zones, very reminiscent of the Boise State field. That very first game that they played, uh, they actually won the game uh, by a score of 18-16. to 16. So it was kind of a closely contested game uh, against the Seward Seahawks. Try saying that's that a, fast. That's a good name. I will not try to say that fast this time, but <laughs> fantastic name. There were about 2,000 people in attendance of that game, including Miami Dolphins great Larry Zonka, who came up from his home in Anchorage to be at that first game on their new field. There are a lot of travel costs involved with flying a team everywhere, and so of the 35 players they had on the team, only 21 players were allowed to go uh, on these away games. One of the big things that the students got to do when they actually left Barrow was to eat in a fast food restaurant. Something that most people take for granted now is eating at McDonald's or a Subway or a Taco Bell. That was a, a real treat for these kids to get out of Barrow and, and to go and, and eat in a fast food restaurant. They finished their, their season, the 2008 season, with a 4-3 and three record, and they just missed out on the playoffs. In 2008, uh, they were ranked number one in the, the Great Land Conference, and they actually hosted a playoff game up there. They beat the Houston Hawks 
by a score of 46 to 18. So I just thought this was a great book. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of details about what they go through with day-to-day life up there in Barrow, Alaska, traveling to and from away games on the plane and, and all that. It's, uh, it's, it's a really good book, and I highly recommend it. What uh, sort of things in the book, what, like what were some other imagery other than what we've talked about with the field and everything? What other kind of stories in there kind of jumped out at you? Well, the fact that their high school team is called the Whalers because most of them are uh, indigenous people from up there, and with their background, they are they are allowed to actually hunt whales, which they do in a small boat, and uh, they'll go out, they'll kill a whale, they'll drag it up to shore, and that feeds the whole village for months, months and months at a time. It's just a whole different life. You just don't expect that uh, here in the United States. But, you know, Alaska is part of the United States, but there's there's so much to Alaska. There's, uh, you know, if you ever watch the show Ice Road Truckers or anything like that, it's it's a whole different world up there right. from what we're used to. So it was it was just totally fascinating to to see that sort of thing. And when you're going through and you're, you're reading it, it, what kind of percentage would you give it? Is it from football to maybe just the lifestyle up there? I think it was pretty evenly um, divided between what life was like in Barrow and what the kids did and, and talking about the football season. Does it actually like go with certain individual kids? Is it like done in an interview style or is it just kind of like... Uh... They profile a number of the kids that are on the team. In fact, they actually had one girl that was on the team that year because she wanted to be a part of it. And after I read the book, um, it was like a year after the the season that they had talked about in the book, I actually emailed their coach up there in Alaska, and I asked him, I said, did that girl come back? Because she was a junior when the book was written. I said, did she continue to play that next year as a senior? And he told me that, yes, she did, and she did quite well for him. Oh. So that was interesting. Well, that's very fascinating. So they've had this football program since 2006. Yes. So they'll be going on almost be 11 years now. Mm-hmm. How is the team doing nowadays? Uh, well, I just looked up their record, uh, and as of this year, uh, they are one and one so far this year. Okay, so, doing all right. Doing okay. Five hundred's not bad. Yep. And so they they're still playing the six game schedule up there, or they? I now think they're they play, part of a conference. They play, yeah, they're part of a conference, so I think they play an eight game schedule. Okay. Now. But like I said, their whole season, the championship game is done by October in the whole state of Alaska, just because of the right. weather and uh, and everything up there. Right. So it, again, it's it's different, but. It just speaks of the importance of, of having a football team, especially in a small town. It gives everybody something to rally around. So when you're recommending this book to somebody, what would you say are the three things to look forward to or the three things that would make somebody want to go out and get this book? Well, one is, is just what life is like in Barrow, Alaska. Right. Uh, number two, uh, the great story of how important having a team, a football team, is to the people in this town. And... Three, it's just to me, it's it's just a whole story. It, the story of uh, the lady that that bought the field. She's she's about as far away from Alaska as you can get down in right. down in Florida, and she just felt compelled to to do something for these people. Never met anybody up there, but she just took it upon herself to start raising money. And uh, people supported her. They they raised the money. They got the field made. They had it shipped up there. They named the field after her, and it, it's still in place today. And like I said on the earlier podcast, if you Google Barrow, Alaska, go to Google Earth, and then just follow the coastline, you will see that field in blue and gold uh, right next to the ocean. It's a, it's just a fascinating view of a football field, and uh, you don't expect to see something that far north. Right. And as far as the story, it's a shame. I mean, I, I guess recommending this book to somebody, let alone, you know, just for the story, I mean, 
not a lot of people are going to know about it right. until they get some sort of movie based on it. Because from what you're telling me, everything in this book it sounds very movie-esque. Well, actually, a few years ago, there was, uh, on the NFL Network, there was a an eight-episode show called Football Town, Barrow, Alaska. Okay. So you can you can see some of the uh, you can see the field. You can talk to the head. You're the, you'll listen to them talk to the head coach. It's that was a fascinating series in itself. You can still find it on the NFL Network uh, website. You can find uh, episodes and scenes from the show uh, on YouTube. So I highly recommend checking it out because it's uh, it's a great story. It was filmed wonderfully. Great great view of the ocean and the and the team and the field and everything. Another thing that recently has happened is that Barrow, Alaska has changed its name. Uh, to me, it's always going to be Barrow, Alaska. So do you have to trade this book in now to no. get that changed up? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, in 2016, the residents voted to change its name back to its original name. And I'm going to spell this first, and I'm going to try and pronounce it because it's a, it's a kind of a native uh, Eskimo name or whatever. Uh, it's spelled U-T-Q-I-A-G-V-I-K. Utvika. <laughs> yep, Ut- come on, give it a shot. Ut- Utkazavik. No, Utkazavik. That's how I Utkazavik. heard it. Utkazavik. Utkazavik is the, the new name for Barrow, Alaska. That's why I said it. it's always going to be Barrow, Alaska to me. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's their town, it's their name. I mean, however you guys want to pronounce that. Uh, yes. I'll probably stick with you and call it Barrow for now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about how they they don't have any fast food restaurants up there. I just saw, while I was researching the story again, I just found out that on August 26th, uh, which is, what, a week ago Saturday? Yep. They opened the very first fast food restaurant in town. Uh, It's actually a Subway restaurant. Oh, well, good for them. Welcome to the world. They've been planning this for two years. They finally have a Subway restaurant up in this town. It's going to employ about 16 people. And, uh, you know, when you think about Subway, you know, they have these $5 specials and $6 specials uh, here in the lower 48 states. But... Up there, uh, a foot long is going to go for eleven dollars and nineteen cents. You're that's crazy. Not un- that's not uncommon in the state of Alaska because it's it's awfully hard to ship fresh okay, tomatoes I was say, and lettuce that... and all the stuff that we take for granted here. Right. Yeah, it's got to go on a boat or on a plane to get up there. You can't always just truck it up there like we do here. So uh, that's one of the things that uh, a foot long is going to be eleven nineteen, and one of the higher end sandwiches is going to cost you thirteen dollars and seventy nine cents. Wow. But again, like I said, that's not out of uh, out of the realm of uh, what everybody else in Alaska is paying for something like that. Was was there anything in there about maybe using their local whale meat to maybe make their own sandwich? I don't believe so. No. If not, they should. <laughs> I would go up to that subway for a special whale meat sandwich. <laughs> Actually, I would love to go up there and uh, and see a game at their at their stadium. It it looks awesome. Add it to the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be early in the season because so if anybody uh, in Barrow, Alaska, is listening. <laughs> Or how do you say that again? Uh, Udvika? Utkazavik. Utkazavik. Yes. Is listening. Uh, We would gladly appreciate an invitation. Your name. I'm doing the best I can. You can teach us how to properly say it in the native language. Utkazavik. Utkazavik. That's how I think it's pronounced. Anyway, that's that's my book report on uh, Thunder on the Tundra. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a not a. A thick book, so I, I feel like you can churn through this in no time. There's some there's some black and white pictures. The, the yeah, I'm seeing the pictures big. here at the middle of the of the of the book. Mm-hmm. I just blew past them. But you got the players, their coaches, kids training, practicing. There's the the girl player G G nine. How do you say that? Uh, 
Ganina. I don't Janina, know. Janina, G-A-N-I-N-A. Ganina? Ganina? I, I'm sorry I'm butchering your name, but uh, the star athlete, she played volleyball and basketball and decided to play on the football team. Mm-hmm. Just skipping through looking at some more people with the... Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting pictures in here. Whaler Power for the football team. The, yep, the kids jumping into the... Ocean. The Arctic Ocean. All right, and the book's only about 250 pages here. No, it was a very, very interesting book. Very the, interesting. The whole story is just so fascinating. And like I said, uh, there's there's been uh, uh, stories on ESPN about the team. There was the uh, NFL Network show, um, Football Town Barrel, Alaska. Uh, there's stuff out there. You check it all out. Right. It's really, really good. So kudos to the author of the book, uh, Lou Friedman, who is a Chicago-based sports writer who lives in Alaska, who has lived in Alaska. For 17 years, he's a prize-winning journalist, the former sports editor of the Anchorage Daily News, and he is a graduate of Boston University and earned a master's degree from Alaska Pacific University. The author of 30 books about Alaska and sports, Friedman lives in Bullingbrook, Illinois, with his wife, Deborah. So a little bit about the author right there. So kudos to Mr. Friedman. Uh, Sounds like it's a good book. It was. It was very good. I'm definitely going to do some more... Uh, research on this. I might even have to borrow this, but it uh, seems like a very, very interesting topic, and football is, uh, if anything, not short of interesting stories such as this. Right, and that's what we want to do in all of our podcasts, is is not focus on all of the big-name stories, but stories like this that really uh, talk about the importance of of football. Okay, sweet. Well, uh, I'm sure you could find the book on Amazon. We'll add a link to that in the description. Um uh, I guess we'll uh, close out here. Uh, Randy, where can they find us on Facebook and Twitter? Uh, that would be at TWOF Kalamazoo. Same yep. address for both. Same address for both. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud as of right now. Um, we appreciate you listening. And hopefully uh, we'll get back at you soon with another book report. Sorry, it's been a few weeks uh, putting this one together, trying to figure out the right time to put out a another book report so uh enjoy your football week and hopefully you guys can uh, find some more interesting football stuff out there to read so for randy snow i'm adam snow have fun reading